I'm glad I didn't eat it. You don't see this at Prestonwood, do you? <laughs> what did I do with my tablet? Ah, well, it's good to see you all here this morning. Happy Mother's Day again. Now, if you didn't get a sermon outline, uh, you need one. Raise your hand if you didn't get one, and we'll get one to you. Anyone need one from back there? Anyone else? Speak now or forever. Lose your chance. Anyone else need a sermon outline? Now, there's a spot in your book for uh, sermon notes, but I always recommend using the outline because I've tailor-made the outline to what we're going to talk about. Oh, man. Now, I'm going to confess right up front here. Well, let me, let's get this going here. I don't know if you've caught a theme. You know, we started this uh, whole transform thing a few weeks back. The first week we talked about goals. Second week we talked about spiritual health. Third week we talked about physical health. Last week we talked about mental health, how you think. And then this week we're going to talk about emotional health. But in all of it, it's talked about how we manage those things. We are the managers of these bodies, of our emotions, of our feelings. God has given them to us as a gift. And he's called us to manage them in a way that brings glory and honor to his name. So we're called to to manage. So this morning we're going to talk about how to deal with how you feel. Now I'm going to share right up front here. I am not qualified. (laughs) I'm not qualified to preach on this. I'm not very good with how you deal with how you feel. Um, as will come painfully across you in a short while. And not only that, I'm very intimidated because one of my best friends, my good friend, is watching this, or he'll watch it later remotely, and he's a psychologist. And he will call me out on everything that I said that was wrong. So with that said, I, uh, I go into this with a great deal of trepidation. So let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we just give you thanks for your holy presence with us now. Open up our eyes, our ears, our hearts, our feelings, our emotions to what you would teach us today, Father. We don't want to go out of here with more information. We want to go out of here with some transformation, a change in how we think and how we feel. And and the the goal to, to bring our feelings and our thoughts into submission to you. And Father, you've just heard what I said, and and it's absolutely true. So I pray right now, Father, that you would just empty me of me, fill me with your Spirit, so that the words that I speak are not my words, they're your words to bring about your change and and what you would say to us. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. One of the most well-known verses in all the Bible, Mark 12, 29 and 30, Jesus, people are talking to Jesus, and they said, what's Really, the question is, what's the meaning of the whole Bible? What's it all about? And Jesus said, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now, I don't know if you see it, but everything that we talked about to date in Transformed is in that one scripture. Our spiritual, our physical, our mental, and our emotional being is all wrapped up 
in that scripture right there. And, and you can almost feel the passion of Jesus Christ as he says, every area of your life, how you think, how you feel, what you do with your physical body, bring it all in alignment and with all of your passion, use it to love God. Use it to serve God. Love God with all your thoughts, with all your body, with all your feelings, your very essence. Love Him passionately. But feelings can be tricky, though. I don't know if you've noticed that. You, know, you hear that saying, right? And, and I've used it often. Feelings are neither right nor wrong. Well, while that's true, feelings that are misplaced or out of control can be very damaging to a person, can be very damaging to a relationship. And sometimes it's hard to get our heads around what we're feeling. So we're going to look at how to manage our feelings this morning. So let me begin by giving you some feeling facts. Okay, first, this is on your your outline. God has emotions. We are created in the image of our Lord. We are created in the image of God. And and you you read through the, the Gospels, Jesus displayed emotions all the time. He wept. Sometimes he was angry. Sometimes he laughed. There was joy. There was discouragement sometimes. All the range of feelings that we experience, Jesus experienced, because we are created in God's image. Second, my ability to feel is a gift from God. That's your second blank. My ability to feel is a gift from God. You know, feelings are what it's a mixed bag with feelings, isn't it? They're, they're what bring flavor to life. They're also what brings pain to life. But they are a gift from God. I remember, I remember when I first fell in love with Sandra. It was about a month ago. And um, I was an emotional idiot. Seriously, I was an emotional idiot. Songs that normally wouldn't interest me suddenly become... You know, your favorite song. And I'm walking around singing, love is in the air. (laughs) Let your love flow. I remember that one was out. If you leave me now. I'm a rocker. I like Led Zeppelin. I like Deep Purple, Black Sabbath, Uriah Heep. Those were my bands. And I'm walking around singing this stuff. You know, drivel. I watched Love Story with my wife and cried. I got over it. <laughs> I still have all those records. I went out and bought those records. And, you know, and I agree with the saying, it's better to have loved than lost than never to have loved at all. And our ability to feel is a gift from God. Now, there are two extremes in this that we want to avoid. Emotionalism, and that is all that matters is how I feel. And we all know those people that base all of their decisions on how they feel. It's frustrating. Some people just live their life based on their feelings. Rationality doesn't come into it. You know, I feel good about it. It must be okay. I feel bad about it. It must be bad. Evidence doesn't matter. The facts don't matter. It's how I feel. And that's that. On the other end of the scale is stoicism. Feelings aren't important at all. All that matters is your intellect and the facts. Don't let feelings get in the way. They just muddy the information, and and then we can't make a good decision because we've got feelings. 
Now, here's something I've noticed. It's kind of odd. Opposites attract. I know so many relationships where you've got the feeling person and you've got the thinking person, and they complement each other. And uh, the, you need both. And, and what's even odd, oddlier, is that in most of those relationships where I've, I've seen people where one is, is, is quite emotional and one is quite analytical, they seem to work really well. They get along so well. My wife is a well-balanced, but certainly leans on the side of um, stoicism. We have an alphabetized spice rack. I tend to be reasonably well-balanced too, but if anything, I lean on the emotional side. And we complement each other well. I told her yesterday how well she compliments me. We balance each other out. You, you need both of that in a relationship. And that's the key, is balance. Facts are important. Logic is important. Intellect is important. But feelings and emotions are just as important. Now, it's Mother's Day, and, and the ladies have told me to preach this. Okay, I'm just telling you now. That's sexism, isn't it? You can't do that these days. So managing our emotions is very, very important. So let me tell you why, they're, why it's important. Number one, on your outline, because my feelings are often unreliable. Feelings lie to us sometimes. You, you ever met someone and you make a snap decision about them really quickly? And then after you've got to know them a little bit, you realize your first impression was completely wrong. What, what you felt was just right out of the... No, that's not what they're like. That's not who they are. And I know that feelings lie to us because... Not one time was there ever a monster under the bed. I'm sure there was. My feelings told me there was, but not one time was there anywhere a monster under the bed or even in the closet. Every time we looked in there, no monster, but I was convinced. My feelings lied to me. Feelings will exaggerate a problem sometimes. They'll make it look bigger than it is. The giants are so much bigger. The fear is so much greater. Feelings will also minimize your ability to cope with situations. So I can't do that. And sometimes they'll exaggerate your ability to cope with situations. Oh, yeah, I got this handled. No, you don't. But we go with our feelings. Sometimes feelings create the problem, especially when we start making assumptions about things and people. Now, on the flip side of this, sometimes feelings cause, cause us to minimize and, and exaggerate. So you, you've got to balance these things up. Proverbs 14:12 says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Sometimes things are not the way they appear, and that can lead us into a world of trouble. Number two, why is it important that I manage my feelings? Because I don't want to be manipulated. Anyone like being manipulated? No. Proverbs 25, 28 says, A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. It's open to attack. Defenseless. Anybody ever bought anything they regretted buying? I tell you what, I'm glad that I don't have a lot of money because I would buy every single thing on those infomercials. You know, you're up at 4 o'clock in the morning being stupid. You've got the TV on and an infomercial comes on. And, and nine times out of ten, I, I, I've learned my lesson. But nine times out of ten, it's like, man, I, love, I should get one of those. I need one of those. I've bought a couple of things from infomercials. Don't buy things from infomercials. 
Why did you buy it? Because it felt good. It felt right. That's why in the store, right, they have all those things at the cash register that appeal to your emotions. You're on a diet. You're doing well, like the cookie lady. She's on a diet. You get to the checkout. I did it this week. There was a a mint-flavored Kit Kat. I love chocolate mint. And I don't normally buy it, but it was right there. And I was, you never should shop when you're hungry. Not a good plan. I, always, I, I go in to get a thing of creamer, and I come out with a cart full of food because I'm hungry. And I got the Kit Kat, and I left, and I ate it. And I didn't even tell Sandra that I ate it, and I didn't share it, just like the cookie. <laughs> and it was all emotional. It was right there. It's like, ooh, but that would taste good. I... <laughs> The number one thing a salesman wants to do is appeal to your emotions. I did sales for a number of years. And carefully worded scripts to draw people in. It makes you feel like you're making a rational decision, but you're not. You know the right questions to ask at the right time. And I remember my manager going over this with me. All right, Mike, this is called a commitment question. You get them to answer yes to that question, you can move to the next step. If they don't answer yes, loop back around until you get a yes and then move to the next one. And you're appealing to their emotions. That's why they want you to sign right now. You ever go into a car dealership? They don't want you to leave, right? Sign right now because they know if you leave, you're probably not coming back because you have time to think about it. Like, wow, that car is really not worth that much. Maybe I can get a better deal somewhere else. But they will appeal to your emotions. Look at the wipers on this thing. Have you ever seen wipers like that? Oh, man, i got to have those wipers. And Satan is the master of this manipulation game. You know, what what harm is it going to do? It's not going to hurt anyone. It's okay. It'll make you feel good. You'll like it. And you will. Satan never talks about the consequences. Just the benefit of sliding into whatever it is that, that he's putting forward. He gets you, you know, we talked about this the other week. It's the itch, right? You get the itch. What happens if you scratch an itch? It itches more. You don't get relief, you get a bigger itch. And that's what Satan works on. Yeah, just scratch. I've had this conversation with people that are they're contemplating. Having an affair. And well, I just need to scratch that itch. Oh, yeah, that'll make it go away. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> Sorry, misguided person. It's my feelings coming out. Oh, last point on here today is watch your mouth. <laughs> First Peter 5.8 says, Be watchful and control yourselves. The enemy, your enemy, the devil, is a, like a roaring lion. He prowls around looking for someone to swallow up. Which ties us right into number three, because I want to please God. I've got to guard my emotions. I've got to manage my, my feelings because I want to please God. Romans 8, 6 says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And then further on in verse 8, it says, That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. They're always looking to fulfill the desires of the flesh. The, sin, the sinful nature is a nature of impulsivity. Chocolate Kit Kat with mint. Yes! Just got to have that. It's giving in to your base desires. In contrast to that, 
I, I, I like the way that it says here, but letting the Spirit control. Letting, allowing, giving it permission to control you. I want, I want your Spirit to control me, Father. Choosing to allow the Spirit your, to control you is an act of the will. I choose to do this. I want to please you, God. But when I allow my impulses, my feelings to control my life, watch out. It all goes south. Number four, because I want to succeed in life. Proverbs 5.23 says, They, the people, get lost and die because of their foolishness and lack of self-control. 1 Peter 4.2 says, From now on then, you must live the rest of your earthly lives controlled by God's will and not by human desires. Controlled by God's will and not by human desires. It's so easy to give in to the flesh, isn't it? It, it, it appeals to us. There's something about it. Like, yeah, that's just, oh, yeah. Doesn't get you where you want to go. Transformation requires a complete mind change of what it means to be successful. You know, in the world's eyes, success means to fulfill the desires of the flesh. Power. Position. Pleasures. Possessions. If you get a bigger house, you'll feel better. If you get a bigger car, you'll feel better. If you get that promotion, you'll feel better. If, if you are a, you know, a person of stature and people respect you, you will feel better. These are desires. But when we are led by the Spirit, we view success differently. We're no, control, no longer controlled by our fleshly desires. It's not about what you get. It's about what you give. Success is about giving generously and joyfully and doing it without grumbling. I hear this often from my wife. What's that scripture, Sander? Do everything without grumbling or complaining. I don't know why she keeps telling me that. And I knew she'd know the scripture. You ever do things, you're doing the right thing, but you're murmuring about it? She wrote that scripture. It's not in there. I think you're right. Thank you. Here's the reality. Our feelings are real. Good, bad, or ugly, our feelings are real. And, and, and even though, you know, in our head, maybe we get these things. I need to control my feelings. I need to control it. But feelings are real, right? Sometimes it, that they're not under that kind of control. I grumble sometimes. I'm selfish sometimes. I worry unnecessarily sometimes. Sometimes I get angry. Sometimes I'm jealous. Those are unwanted feelings. And if I'm to be controlled by the Spirit, I need to manage those unwanted feelings. So how do we do that? So we're going to spend the rest of our time here, and I promise you nothing. First, if you want to manage your feelings, first thing you've got to do, you've got to name it. Name it. Is it anger? Is it hurt? Is it fear? Is it sadness? Is it discouragement? Now, for a lot of people, this is like, duh. Not for me. I went through a great deal of my life not being able to identify what I feel. A, a, a good deal of my life. I remember back in the 80s going through a period of time where I had people help me, tell me, you're feeling this. Oh, I am? I didn't know I was feeling that. Now, we all suffer from this to a certain degree, and it's usually during... Deeply emotional times. Your mind is trying to figure out what's going on. You know, maybe you just lost your job. 
Or you get that call from the doctor and it's not good news. Or from someone you love and, it, and it's not good news. Or someone close to you has passed away. Your spouse says, we need to talk. This is not working. And bam. And someone asks you, how are you feeling? I'm doing okay. This happened to me this morning. God loves to do this stuff to me. I came in the kitchen. Sandra was in the kitchen. And I came in and I said, <sighs> and she said, how are you feeling? I know I'm going to preach this. I said, okay. But I'm lying to myself. We do that sometimes, don't we? We lie to ourselves about how we feel because we don't want to deal with the feeling that's going on. So we, oh, I'm okay. I wasn't okay. You just lost your job and someone says, how are you doing? You say, okay. Probably not. You just got that phone call from the doctor. You talk to someone, you know, doctor says, I've got cancer. Wow. How are you doing? I think I'm okay. No, you're not. What you think you're feeling and what you're really feeling are sometimes two completely different things. And the mind is trying to process it. It's trying to figure out, what, what do I do with this information? And sometimes we're simply man, trying to manage our feelings, and the one that we feel is hard to manage, so we mask it with a different one. A more manageable one. Now, here's what I learned in life. If you don't deal with your feelings, your feelings will come back and deal with you. I learned that the hard way. And the question to ask yourself, what am I really feeling? That's in your outline there. The question to ask yourself, what am I really feeling? I got fired. I'm not okay. I feel like a schmuck. I feel disappointed. I feel disappointed with me. I feel disappointed with them. I feel like I'm letting my family down. I'm not doing okay. I'm angry and I'm scared. You get the call from the doctor. It's bad news. I'm scared. I'm anxious. I wonder what's going to happen. Those are appropriate emotions. Don't be doing the, I'm okay. I'm okay. Sometimes we don't want to deal with how we feel. But you've got to deal with how you feel. And you've got to dig below the surface. And that leads us to question number two. Step two, I've got to reframe it. So step one, I need to name it. What am I really feeling? Maybe I'm feeling angry. Well, I've got to reframe it. Why am I feeling angry? What's causing this emotion? Now, those other things, those are big things. But day-to-day -day stuff, like you come home from work, you're grumpy. I deal with this all the time. You come home from work and you're grumpy. Kids are getting on your nerves. Your partner's getting on your nerves. Everything is getting on your nerves. But there's a secondary question. Why is everybody getting on my nerves? Is there something else going on that, that I need to deal with? Because maybe the kids not doing their homework is a, is a problem, but it's not that big of a problem that I should feel the way I'm feeling. Why am I feeling what I'm feeling, and what's the cause of what I'm feeling? What's really going on here? And that's that second question. What's the real reason I'm feeling this? Why do I feel this way? Job 15.12 says, Why has your heart carried you away, and why do your eyes flash? Why are you so angry? So first you identify what, then you ask why, then you look a little bit deeper. Maybe the last thing that happened to you as you're coming out of work is you got criticized. 
your boss said something or a co-worker said something. You get in the car and it's on your mind. And you just you get home. Kids haven't done their homework. Perfect. <laughs> just what I needed. Boom. Let them have it. You're going to get that homework. And you, and you respond disproportionately because you're dealing with the emotion of the thing that happened at work, but it's getting fired at someone else. You've got to go back to what you're feeling and why you're feeling and point it to the right place appropriately. And then number three, and I'm going quick here, I must tame it. Now I know what I'm feeling. I know why I'm feeling it. What steps can I take to deal with this in a non-destructive manner? I don't want to destroy my marriage. I don't want to destroy my relationships. I don't want to destroy my health. So I've got to learn to deal with it in a non-destructive and appropriate manner. Sometimes it's okay to be sad. Sometimes it's okay to be mad if it's warranted. But don't take it out on those around you. Where should it really be pointed? What's the real issue? What's, what's driving the fear? Now, one thing we can do to help in this process, and, and I had to do this, is apply the truth test. Am I seeing things for what they are? In other words, if an alien came down and examined your situation and how you're behaving, and how you're feeling, would they say, well, I can see why you're saying that. I can see why you're feeling that. Maybe you had a really bad boss in your last job. Sometimes we, we carry things into the future. Maybe you had a really bad boss in your last job, and you go to your next job assuming that all bosses are bad. They're all incompetent. They're all unfair. So you start relating to your new boss based on how your old boss was. You set yourself up for failure because you're dealing with feelings that may or may not be real for this situation. Are you viewing it correctly? Are you responding appropriately? Maybe as a child, you felt left out. Maybe you were abandoned. Maybe a parent left and you carry that into your new relationship and you, and you go through your whole relationship worried that, that you're going to be rejected. You carry that insecurity into your marriage. But it shouldn't be in your marriage because your marriage is strong. Your marriage is good. That person's not going to let you down. But you've got history. You've got a misplaced emotion. And you hold back from fully committing because of rejection. Are you viewing that situation accurately? Are you responding to it appropriately? Maybe you were in a relationship one time where your partner was unfaithful. And now every time your current partner goes to work or they go out with their friends, you're just expecting that they're going to run off with somebody. And you get jealous and you get angry and you get mad and they come home and they don't know why you're angry and you don't really know why you're angry, but it's because you're taking those feelings from the previous relationship and applying them to the new relationship. It's good to have good friends, you know, to help you with this stuff. For me, I'm very, I'm intentional about my friendships. You maybe not know this. Chuck, my friend, is probably watching. 
He used to be the associate pastor. He's the psychologist. He's a close friend of mine. I intentionally developed that friendship with Chuck. I've got a couple of other friends, one who, who tends to lean on the more passionate side of things, but he's balanced. One who tends to lead on the more pragmatic side of things, but he's balanced. They're not way off. And these are people that when I'm feeling things, I can go to them and say, man, you know, this, this is driving me nuts. I'm feeling this way. Am I, am I out to lunch? And nine times out of ten, I'll say, yeah. Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about the other thing? We need that balance in our lives. We need people sometimes just to bounce off what we're feeling. Is this an appropriate fear? Is this an appropriate anger? Is this an an appropriate way to respond to this situation? Maybe yes, maybe no. But we need that in our lives. And one more thing. Sometimes our feelings are absolutely valid. You've been in a situation and you're hurt. Your spouse passes away. You're going to feel sad. That's an appropriate emotion. But you can use that for good. God will never waste your pain if you let him. God, I'm hurting in this. I'm I'm, I'm just hurting so bad. I know. I'm with you. I care for you. What you're feeling is valid but I'm going to use your pain to help heal other people. And sometimes we just need to turn those emotions over to God. All right, I want to close with this. Back around to that first verse. Jesus, Mark 12, 29 to 30. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. We must learn to manage our emotions in such a way that they bring glory to God. The good, the bad, and the ugly, that it brings glory to God. Galatians five nineteen and 20 says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. And then it lists off a bunch of sins, and it kind of finishes up with this. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, and outbursts of anger misplaced, mismanaged emotions. And that brings me to your last two blanks. Every day you've got to ask God to fill you fresh with his spirit. Now, the spirit of God is in every single believer. It gets deposited in us when we ask Jesus Christ. So you don't have to keep asking God for the Holy Spirit. But sometimes you need a fresh oomph of the Holy Spirit. You ever have those times in your life when you could just feel the presence of God? It's like, wow. And then other times, it's like you're in the desert. Every day, God, we just fill me fresh with your spirit. Galatians 5, going on from that other passage. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You ever had old fruit? Sometimes I'll find an apple. I stuff food away in things, and and sometimes I'm going through my backpack, and there's an apple, and and I'm not good at controlling my emotions, so my immediate response is, I should eat that, even though it's black. (laughs) Let me tell you something. Old fruit is the best. It is the best. Black bananas, oh, they are the best. All the family said, we need to throw that away. No. Oh, they are so sweet. But not old apples. 
You bite into an old apple, it's like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Sometimes it's like that with the Spirit. We need a fresh filling of the Spirit. God, my emotions, the pain, the, the mess of life, it's kind of worn me down. I need a fresh filling. I need a fresh filling of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Would you fill me up again, God? Revive me. You know, we learned about this all this week in our, if, you, if you're doing the course. Garbage in, garbage out, right? And one way that the Spirit gets refreshed is by what we put in ourselves. What are you putting your eyes on? What emotions is that evoking that might not be real? You've got to fill up on God's Word. Stay in the Word. You've got to stay connected with prayer. You've got to stay connected with people who will bring good health into your life and talk it out. That's the last one. Every day, ask God to help me manage my mouth. Fortunately, I don't need that. Proverbs 13.3 says, self-control means controlling the tongue. A quick retort can ruin everything. I can't tell you the number of times I've been so convinced on my rightness of something and I've slept on it overnight. And I got up in the morning and I can't believe what I was thinking the night before, but I've learned to sleep on it. Psalm 19.4, I pray this pretty much every day at the beginning of the day when I start my devotions. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It's one of my memory verses for the day. All right, I'm going to shut this down here. I've not done this honor in, to a certain degree. This is a serious matter because misplaced emotions, uncontrolled emotions, destroy relationships. They destroy people. And I want to put this disclaimer here, Chuck. I understand that there can be so much more to this picture and that people are dealing with deep wounds from the past sometimes, pain of abuse and, and all kinds of things that have happened to them, guilt, maybe trauma. People are dealing with immense stresses in their lives right now. We went to Sandra's small group this week, the elders and myself, to pray over the ladies. And four ladies in that group have cancer. I believe God has put that group together for a purpose. And, and other sicknesses. And, and people are dealing with serious issues. And there's no quick fix to those situations. You can't just name it, reframe it, and tame it. And I don't mean to minimize anybody's hurt or pain with a quick fix answer. Sometimes people are dealing with deep psychological issues that can only be resolved and managed with medication and professional help. Sometimes people are dealing with addictions that can only be managed with help. So this is not a quick fix cure-all, okay? This is about dealing with feelings in a reasonable, God-honoring manner. And you're going to be looking at this, if, if you're doing Transformed, all this week is about these very things. In your small group, you're, you're going to talk about how to deal with damaged emotions. And most of us have damaged emotions to some degree. Now, you might think, let me just put a caveat on that too. Now, you might be sitting there thinking, well, I don't need to go this week. 
because I'm a very well-balanced person. I got it all under control. I don't need to go and listen about how to deal with my damaged emotions. Yes, you do, because maybe God has you there because you are well-balanced, because you deal with it right. He has you there to help someone else dealing with their issues. So you need to go. It's not all about in. Sometimes it's about give. All right, I've, I've bored you to death with this. Maybe not. See, self-talk right there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just give you thanks. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you are over all things, Father. You are over the, the hurt and the pains and the lows and the highs and the fears and the angers and all of those things that we do that are misplaced emotions, things that are out of control. Father, you're Lord of them all, and we constantly have to come back to you with them and, and keep on handing them over to you. God, would you help me with this? God, would you show me the way? God, would you strengthen me for this? God, would you bring those people into my life that will help me with this? Father, I pray for each and every person that is here today, and I don't mean to make light with a quick sermon on feelings. But I pray, Father, that in all that we do, in all that we say, in all that we think, in all that we feel, how we treat our bodies, we would do it in a manner that brings glory and honor to your name because that is what you have called us to. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. A couple of announcements for you. July 5th to 9th, we've got youth camp. If you haven't had your, your youth sign up for that, deposits are due May 16th. And do we have any youth people here? Brandon, right at the back there. Who do they get the deposit to? Nancy Hicks, and she's over there. All right. May 23rd, youth is having a hangout, lunch, parents, youth, friends. So if you've got young people, bring them to that May 23rd. Also on May 23rd, we are going to do a 101 class. What's 101, you ask? Well, I am glad you asked. 101 is our Discovering Church membership. We've had a lot of new people come to the church lately, and um, we have... We protect the integrity of this church by having this 101 class. And what 101 is, is it explains what we believe, why we believe it, how this church is structured. And before you can serve in any kind of teaching ministry or you can vote, you have to have gone through a 101 class. So we've got a number of people. If you haven't had a 101 class, you want to know what it means to be a member Fill out a card on the back of the seat there. You, you can find a little information card and give it to Lynn or drop it in the offering over there. I need to know how many people are interested because we get a little book for you. So that's coming up on May 23rd, right after the service. And then July 19 to 23, Vacation Bible School. Thank you to everyone who signed up. We had a lot of people sign up. We still have spaces. Libby is out there. Would you come up here and wave at the people, Libby? She's out by the train booth. And we need guides. Now, what the guides do, this is a nice, safe job. The kids go from classroom to classroom to learn different things during the night. We need a couple of people just to help get the kids safely from one classroom to another. Easy job, but we need people to do that. How many of those do we need, Libby? Five more. 
Somewhere I put this. Here we go. No, I didn't. Five more. So who is that to be? We don't leave until we have the five. No. <laughs> See Libby out there. What else, you, what else you got on there that I can tell people about right now? A lot of spots. Go see Libby. Be a part of it. So we do it every evening. You know, we did a dedication service here, and I heard you all say yes, that you would partner with these parents to help them raise the kids, right? This is where the rubber hits the road. Can you take a couple of hours each week, one week in the year, to help these kids know a little bit more about Jesus Christ? And that's what this is about. So please sign up, see Libby, and we'll, we'll plug you into a spot. And we won't put you in anything that's going to take you out of whatever gifting that God has given you, okay? So you can be safe. Pardon me? You're away that week. Oh, we've got one person, but we need, we need an assistant. We need a worship assistant, but she's got all that. Yeah, we got you replaced, lady. You go on vacation. I'm energetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Kayla normally does it for us, so, but she's away the week, and, and it's the only week that it works, so we had to get somebody else. So you're fired. <laughs> All right, enough of this. Please stand. <laughs> what was that last point? Well, well, something about words? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I see the elders going, no. (laughs) Heavenly Father, I just give you thanks. I thank you that we can laugh. And I thank you that we can enjoy church. And I thank you that you've given us a spirit that, that feels things. Sometimes we need to feel sad. Sometimes we need to feel happy. Sometimes we need to feel scared. And sometimes we need to be bold. Father, give us the wisdom to know when to move forward, when to stand back, when to speak out, when to be quiet, when to express and what to express and how to express it. Father, I pray for your healing in our families. I pray that you would bind families together with that spiritual bond of love that I prayed about this morning and that we would deal with our emotions in a manner that builds one another up and glorifies your name. Father, pour out your blessing, I pray, on each and every one of us so that we may go from here and pour your blessings into other people. Father, we thank you for all the moms. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. Don't forget to call your mom.